Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the mantra for many Democrats in Washington, D.C. has been it's time to go big or go home. But could the answer actually be found in going small? And doing better. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, the ambitious and bold agenda has been the catchphrase that we've heard uh, from many uh, Democrats in Washington, D.C., promoting the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill throughout the summer and into the early fall. The question is, is it is it too big? Is it too bold? Is it too ambitious? And most of all, is it too expensive? Uh, clearly, Senator Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema think uh, there is a little bit too much in there, uh, but they've really highlighted something that is a crucial conversation in terms of how big is too big and is there a better way to approach governing? Catherine uh, Rempel, who's an opinion columnist at the Washington Post, uh, wrote a, a brilliant piece talking about this very issue of doing fewer things better might be a better approach to governing. And she joins us now. Catherine, thanks for jumping on with us today. Great to be here. So let's break this down just a little bit. Uh, obviously, the uh, the number is in flux now uh, as uh, things have progressed uh, <laughs> through a very tumultuous summer. I think we just uh, we decided we were just going to play a long and winding road to infrastructure and other things uh, <laughs> as sort of being stuck. But as you've watched this and analyzed this, uh, I think you're on to something that is good, not just for congressional Democrats. I think uh, everybody in, in Congress and the White House should think of it. But describe what you're looking at and why you think going small ball might be the better approach. Well, here's the way I would think about it. Uh, there are going to be some constraints placed on what Democrats can get done. And those constraints are partly based on how much money can they raise or are they are they, are they willing to raise for that matter um, in order to pay for the stuff that they say will be paid for. So how much are they willing to raise taxes on corporations and the rich, for example? And also, uh, independent of whether they can come up with those so-called pay-fors, there's a question of how big should the actual costs themselves be, the, the, the expenses. So everything that includes spending programs, um, uh, measures that deal with climate change, paid leave, child care, et cetera, as well as some tax cuts, because there are tax cuts embedded in this as well. So the child care, excuse me, the child tax cut, as well as some green energy tax cuts. 
So they have to figure out what what's the scale of what they're trying to do. And then within those parameters, how do they prioritize? Yeah. Um, and it, right now, it looks like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema don't want to spend, you know, again, in terms of the growth expenses, more than one and a half trillion, maybe even up to a little over two trillion. Who knows what number they'll land on. Uh, so Democrats have to figure out how do they scale down everything that they have already committed to doing. They have two options, essentially. They can either um, kind of give everything a haircut and say, we're going we're gonna to continue to do all the different kinds of programs you wanted to do, but shrink everything down a little bit, maybe have it expire, maybe just have fewer dollars per year, whatever it is. We'll shrink everything, but do a ton of stuff. Or um, they can prioritize and they can say, okay, maybe we're not going to do community college or maybe we're not going to do, um, you know, this particular climate program or whatever it is. But we'll instead focus our firepower on a few things and fully fund them, um, have them funded for the full, you know, 10 years or, or, or whatever time frame we're looking at and do those really well. Yeah. Those are basically the kinds of choices they face. In practice, they'll probably do some of a little bit of both, shrink some things, and then also cut some things altogether. But my argument is that they would be much better served um, if, again, if they have to scale the overall size of the package down, they would be much better served by picking and choosing what they want to do and doing it well. Yeah, and, and I want to get to this idea of, of shrinking uh, because you make a, a really important argument uh, in there, in that one of the options that has been floated is, as you've described it, is to just shrink it a little bit. Uh, Representative Ocasio-Cortez has uh, really been a champion of, well, instead of funding it for 10 years, let's fund it for five or fund it for three. And and the point that you bring up that I think is so important uh, is that while that may allow you to say, well, we did everything, uh, it may actually create more uncertainty for the very people that you're trying to help, if it's only funded for three years or five years, and and then what happens? Uh, often in our our race and our rush to do, to go big uh, and to alleviate suffering for some, we end up creating suffering for uh, a whole lot of other folks in the process. Right. It's not only that you create uncertainty; it's that it's just harder to execute. It's harder for government officials to plan, um, and some programs, frankly, may not work so well. If you, again, try to shrink them down, either in terms of how long they last or, uh, or how much you allocate per year, because not everything scales particularly well. Um, some things you can say, OK, we'll, we'll do the same program, but give it a little more resources or the same program and, or do it, you know, give it a few, give it fewer resources. Some other things um, just may not work at all if you shortchange them. And the result could be that all of the money that you spend <laughs> is wasted, right? If you yeah. decide to spend 40% less than, is, than what is needed, then the 60% that you do actually spend doesn't achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Right. Um, you see some versions of this, for example, with trying to shrink down the child tax credit. If they shrink it down by saying, um, well, we're just, we're, we're no longer going to give it to people with no earnings. Um, which is, for example, what Senator Joe Manchin has suggested we do, um, then you, in my view, um, eliminate the most compelling selling point of that whole program, which is reducing child poverty, um, because you end up saying, okay, we're not actually going to help the very poorest of the poor kids. So some things scale, other things don't scale. 
And my fear is that you'll end up having a bunch of failed programs. And not only is that, you know, bad on the merits, you want government to work well, um, but also it's bad for Democrats' political prospects, right? right? You could imagine a backlash where voters are really annoyed that all of this money was spent because it's still a lot of money. One and a half trillion dollars or two trillion dollars, still a lot of money. All this money gets spent. And what do they have to show for it? Yeah. And that's a, to me, that's the real key is, uh, as you pointed out very well, uh, just a, a half a loaf and a half a loaf is is not going to really cut it uh, when you get to the end of the day. And uh, great insight, Catherine Rempel from uh, Washington Post. That's a great piece. We'll put that on our uh, social feeds today. Uh, great insight there. And again, I think she's hit on something that is so vital that if you don't do any of it well, you will spend the money, which will be a problem. Uh, you'll have inefficiencies and uncertainty for those you're trying to serve. And then they have a whole lot of frustration for a whole lot of other folks, uh, which, again, on the pure dynamics of politics is not good either. Uh, and so sharpening the focus. Focus always precedes success, especially when it comes to policy and government programs. Bigger is not always better. And more is just because you can do more does not mean you should do more. Having a little tighter focus, a little more transparency, and much more accountability. That's the other problem. You do a million different programs, uh, you run out of your ability to have transparency or accountability very, very fast. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.